And we just lift up the name of the Lord for a little while. And we praise Him. He's been good. He has not forgotten us. He has not forgotten you. I want to tell somebody tonight, He has not forgotten you. He loves you very much. Amen, amen. My spirit is in turmoil tonight. I feel the Lord has a word for somebody. If anything, it's just for me. Times are tough. This life is difficult. We have have grown and were raised in a society where where everything has been pretty much given to us. I know a few have had situations that aren't like that. But it has created sometimes in us a a lackadaisical spirit. It creates in us a, a a timid timidity that, that we didn't need to have and don't need to have at this time. We see a world where, where gender roles are, are totally reversed and out of order. We see a world that's out of order, constantly out of order. And that out of orderness will creep into the home. And that out of order will creep into the home and then it will begin to creep into the church. And we need order at this time. We need the order of the Lord. We need God to move in our situation, in our lives, in each and every heart and mind. Some look around and because of the culture that we look to, we don't speak to things that we need to speak to. Because we look like we're intolerant. That's a no-no in today's culture to be intolerant. If we are, if we are against anything, we are intolerant. But I believe God's got a word for somebody. But I know that because of the times, there is, there is frustration. There is a worry. There is things in our minds that, that we can't get past. And... and I see it on the faces of the congregation. They'll come in, they'll sit down. They're physically here, but their minds are miles and miles away. That's because of this world and the society that we live in and the thoughts and our jobs and, and things like that. And I, and I hope and I pray that the Lord will help me. I don't have a lot of notes. I feel a lot of this will be a, a testimony of life, a testimony of my heart for somebody here. And I've got two passages I'm going to read. First one's Isaiah chapter 40. 
verse 25 through 31. And the second is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 through 8. Jesus, in your name, help me, Lord, to speak what you've given me, what you laid on my heart. Lord, I praise you. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 25. To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? That bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power. Not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speaketh, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord. My judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known... Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I want to speak to the weary in this house tonight. I want to speak to the weary that have let the, the, the causes and the concerns of this life bog you down. And you feel unfruitful. You feel like God has forgotten you and abandoned you at this time. But I want to speak to you that we serve a God that is greater than any situation that we come against. And that if we will begin to reach out to him tonight, we begin to reach out to him in your situation, in the turmoil of this life, he's going to give you the strength you need. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I want to fight a good fight. I want to finish my course. I want to keep the faith. I just want to preach on this little subject, the effete effect. The effete effect. If you'd help me pray. Jesus, in your name, Lord, I need your help tonight. 
Lord, I praise you and I magnify you and I worship you, Lord, and I praise you. Lord, give me ears to hear. Lord, and help me, O oh God. Anoint my words. Jesus, I praise you and I magnify you and I worship you and I praise you. Let your hand rest upon us. Guide us, Lord God, and let your word move in this place. Touch a heart. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. The definition of a feat is having lost character, vitality, or strength. It's marked by weakness or decadence, soft or delicate, from or as if a pampered existence. A feat derives from the Latin effetus, meaning no longer fruitful. We live in a, as I said before, a world that is out of order. A world that does not know up from down, right from left. Doesn't know where it stands in the, in the game of, of life. It has no decision-making skills whatsoever. And the people of God who have a direction, who know the one direction that we need to follow after, have to live in this world. And oftentimes as we rub shoulders with that, we will, we will begin to pick up habits and things of that nature of this world. We will take up things that are out of order in our lives. We will begin to make okay. We will join in the conversations at work. We will nod our heads or maybe even smile at the crude jokes and the, the, the wrong things that are being done at work. And what happens is that more and more that we begin to partake and we, we involve ourselves with this world, it begins to change us. What some things we used to think were wrong sometimes blur and we don't, we don't think so wrong about those anymore. And that thought process that action of the world being out of order and the world and we partaking in it it creeps into our home and then the things that we once said we would not partake in we now begin to partake in that's out of order in our home and it begins to creep in slowly but surely into our kids lives and our kids begin to to do things maybe at school or maybe out in the, with their friends or even at home that you're like, where does this come from? And it's because we have allowed these things in. And we don't even know it. It's been generational. It's been a generational thing that has crept in. And the world will try to creep in slowly. The devil has issued it that way. I came from a broken home. I came from a home where my father thought anything else was more important than his family. Thought choosing anything else, his own selfish interest was greater than anything that would happen for his kid's life. That was the generation. That was, that was 40 years ago. It's a long time ago that these generational things creep in. Where they began to take over and we begin to, to say, okay, it's okay. I can justify why I can do this. And my family might suffer for it, but I can justify it. That's out of order. That is not according to the Word of God. The Word of God is specific on certain things. If a man doesn't provide for his own, he's worth an infidel. 
That's worse than an unbeliever. What does the Bible says about a man who does not believe in God? He is a fool. That is what happens when you don't provide for your own. This is the natural thing in life that we have to provide for our own as a man. And I'm speaking to men because we as men need to step up at this time and begin to do what men are supposed to do. They lead in the home. They don't lead by coming here to church and demonstrating those things. It starts in our home first. And we lead by being those men that we need to be. And we have produced, as this a feat word that I did a study on, it's a soft or delicate from pampered existence. We live in a world that is pampered. This is the American world that we live in, pampered. And if you haven't noticed in the news, God is pulling America from different sources, different things. He is pulling it from Israel for once. Israel has made the United States their God, and he's pulling that away from them slowly. And we ourselves have made our culture and our nature our God. We have made the ease of getting things and doing things our God. It may not seem like that, but if you take some things away as it's beginning to pull away from society, as, as we see inflation begin to take hold, and things that we once bought into and could easily get a hold of are no longer there, and we begin to feel this this anxiety, oh, what are we going to do? We can't get to our fast food restaurant or it's too expensive to go there. God is trying to pull these things away so we can be the people we need to be. And I want to be the man of God I need to be before these things happen. I want to stand for what's right in my home first and foremost. I want to do what's right for myself before these things take place. Because if these things take place and we have not changed, if we have not stepped out and done what we are supposed to do, we are going to crash and burn. And we will not be ready for the situations that are coming upon the world. You can see it in everything. You can see it on the faces of the people. I see it at work all the time. I have refused the vaccine. And the people are almost derogatory towards me because of that. Because of my decision to step out on my religious beliefs and do these things. Because I don't follow suit. Because I don't, I don't partake in what they believe and what they think. And that's the world that's out of order. Everything is tolerant except us. Except us. And we have to accept it. Not join in, not partake in it, but accept it. God has called us to be separate. He has called us to be different. And now is not the time to turn away from that. Now is not the time to give up on our separation. Hallelujah. We are a separate people. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And we must be separate to this world. They will be drawn to it because of our willingness to be separate. We have to be different. This world would love nothing better than for the Pentecostal church of God to mimic everything they do. To join in in everything that they join into. But we will stand strong. We will be a holy people. I've told someone before. You can be separate and not holy, but you cannot be holy and not separate. Separation is just not about doing what, or not doing what we don't do. 
But it's about the reason why we separate ourselves. It's because we want to be pleasing unto the one that has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And there is an order in our home. There is an order as the people of God and as the men of God. My responsibility as the man in my home is the high priest of my home. It is my responsibility to lead and to be the light and be that prayerful person that I need to be in my home. It is not my wife's responsibility to take up that load. It is not my wife's responsibility to take up the load of raising our child by herself and making those hard decisions. I am to be the man in my home. And there has to be an order that. Now, in this world, men have taken a back seat. This world has had, and that creeps into the church and creeps into our families. Men have taken a back seat where they need to be. And that is not of God. We have to be the men of God we need to be. And I'll talk to the men just fine with this. We have to be the men of God. We should lead in worship. Do you hear me? We should lead in worship. We should be as exuberant about the things of God that the women show us how to do most of the time. God is our God. He has given us the job. He has given us the power to provide for them. He has been good to us. And we need to show that in our homes and to our children. They need to know. I don't want my kid to be disrespectful to his dad. There has to be an order. And it has to start in the home. If we want order in the church, if we want this place to grow and do what it needs to do, there has to be an order. Our God is a God of order. He stepped out into darkness and pulled light from it. He creates order. And if we try to change that, if we try to change the order that God has established, He will not be with us. He will not order this place the way it needs to be ordered. And we have to find our place. And I start with the men. You are the high priests. You be the spiritual leader you need to be. And if you begin to do that and begin to take up that place you belong in, the wives begin to just move in that direction. Before in my marriage, and I'll be honest with you, it was chaos in our home. I, had no, I did not take up the helm that I needed to take up. I did not run the way I needed to run and love the way I needed to love. And the house was in chaos. And the marriage was on the rocks. Because I did not take up what I needed to do. But as I began to drift closer and seek more after the Lord, things began to set themselves straight. There was crookedness and chaos in home. But as I began to seek after those things of the Lord, they began to align themselves the way they need to. Because there's an order to it. We have got to work. Jesus in Mark chapter 4 and verse 18 said that these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. As men of God, in our homes, we have to have our direction set. We have to have our purpose set. It is the things of God first. It is our job second. 
And that might sound hard and harsh to some people, but it is God first, job second. That should be the order of everything. Then we provide for the home. Then we take care of the family. But we work. God said it. Exodus 6. Exodus 23, I'm sorry. Six days thou shalt do thy work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest. Exodus 31, six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath day of rest. Deuteronomy 5, six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. We have to work as men. Six days. We sometimes think we've got to work two and we get, you know, four other ones to ourselves or need a vacation all the time and we're meant to work we've sometimes grown soft in just working our jobs and it's not like all of us there may be a few but actually go out and dig ditches every day or, or for daily work we sometimes have our office jobs or things of this nature that that aren't killer to our our lives but we'll get home and we won't join in the spiritual work that we need to put in we're too busy. We're too busy. We've taken up everything else in place of our spiritual walk with God. We have to work. I understand that. But our spiritual work is just as important as our occupational work. The people of God in, in Exodus chapter 6. It says the Lord here saying, I, and I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. I have remembered my covenant, wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of the bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into a land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for an heritage. I am the Lord. And Moses spake to the children of Israel, or spake to the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. That's where we live. We live in a, in, a, in a time of anguish, spiritual anguish in what we live and we, we, we take in and we see and we have to rub shoulders with. And it's spiritual bondage sometimes that we come in contact with and it eats away at our resolve to be fruitful at this time. It eats away at our care for people that are in need and hurt because we, we, we are bound up in the anguish of this world. And we need to be fruitful. We need to reach this lost world. But if we are in anguish of spirit under the cruel bondage of this world, if we don't believe that God is able to get us from it and out of it, we won't be able to reach who we need to reach to. And because of this, we can become anemic Christians. We don't have any vitality. We don't have what they're looking for, that light, that city that's set on a hill. If we let the world creep in and take over and do those things, we will not have the light that they need. The Lord took them out of Egypt. And he walked with them and he gave them orders and commandments. And he, he organized their lives. And he organized them in such a way that, 
It was all about the Lord and what pleased Him. Everything in that matter. And in Numbers 14, we see them come to the promised land, the very edge of it. And they refused to go in. The Lord had ordered everything in their life up to that point. He has delivered them time and time again. And yet they decided at that time that they couldn't do it. And it was right. They couldn't do it. Because they were trying to do it under their own power. They were trying to do it under their own uh, ingenuity, and their own willpower, and their own know-how. We have to keep that presence of God moving and alive in our life. We have to keep it burning bright inside of us. We cannot, cannot make it without the presence of God on a daily basis. And they refuse. But in Numbers 14, it says, Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me in this wilderness. They shall be consumed, and there they shall die. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephthah, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. And Moses told these sayings unto the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning and got them up to the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and will go up unto the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that you be not smitten before your enemies. They tried to do what they wanted to do. They tried to go the direction they wanted to. After they had said no, that God brought a, a torment to them and saying, you're going to die in this wilderness, they decided to do it on their own. They tried to finish in the flesh what they started in the spirit. They had walked with the Lord in the spirit, but they're trying to do it in the flesh. And we cannot do this in the flesh. We cannot cross over to the promised land in the flesh. We have to do this in the spirit. We have to walk in the spirit. We have to talk in the spirit. We have to make our decisions based in the spirit. Not on my flesh, but on the power and the might of God. It is a troubling time and we are sometimes weary in well-doing. Pastor spoke on it this morning. We cannot be weary in well-doing. We cannot let, as Matthew 12, or 24 and 12 say that because iniquity has abounded, the love of many shall wax cold. We can't be cold at this time. We've got to do what we can. We've got to be prayed up. We've got to fast up. We've got we to be reaching out as much as we can, getting that energy out. God is going to do a work in our life, and he's going to do a work in this church. Yeah. Brother Monks was talking tonight. This is a springboard for greater things in this place, in this house. There are so many people here that are so willing to roll up their sleeves and get things done. But we have to do it in order. And we have to do it according to the word of God. And Jesus in Matthew 11 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
It's by us coming first. And, and this is what I wanted to get to. And I'm closing. We have been tired and, and maybe even lulled into a, a sleep and a slumber. But we have to get rest and be rested up for what's to come. And in that rest, we have to get a hold of Jesus Christ. That's where our rest is going to come from. It's not going to come in taking a vacation. It's not going to come in doing what we want and enjoying the pleasures of this life. It's going to be in our relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, take that yoke upon you. Learn of me. And you'll find rest for your souls. It's taking up the yoke of Jesus Christ that you're going to find rest for your souls. You will not find it in this life. And if I can encourage this congregation just to get in their mindset that we must seek after the Lord every day and every moment of the day. We've got to get a hold of God. We've got to get a hold of God in the morning. We have to wake up early, begin to seek after the Lord. Get our minds right, not thinking of the day and the things of this day, but on God and the things of God. And if we'll do that, God is going to blow this place up because every heart will be in unity because we are all in unity for the things of God. It won't be this side dragging that side or that side dragging this side. Everybody from the front to the back will be on the same purpose, the things of God. And if one can't be there, the other one will take up the load. That's what we do. We want to live this. And if I could encourage you guys to live this every day. Get it in your mind. I'm going to wake up and live this. I'm going to wake up and be this. I'm going to be a Christian tomorrow. I'm going to shine my light bright tomorrow. God is able to get you out of anything. He's able to pull you through anything. He's able to encourage your heart every day. He's able to, get, to change your children's life. How many kids that you never thought would be here would show up that would come because you said, you said I'm going I'm to get a hold of the Lord. And they see that. And I'm just wanting all of our church family and all the extended family to be here to get the Holy Ghost, to get a change. He is doing great works. Amen. But we can stand. Our God is a great God. Our God requires only everything. And if we can give everything, he will open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we cannot contain. But it requires us to step out. Brother Norman talked to a man that we brought this morning, and I reached out to him. He was crying out to the Lord, and the Lord sent people to him to bring him here. And then pastor's message was geared for that man. But that man had to step up here and make the decision he was going to do this. God will reach. God will do the work. But we have to decide if we're going to make the decision. If we're going to do the work. God will not force you. you got to decide. And if I could, just a blanket invitation to the church that we come and we decide here and now what's important to us. 
Is it this life or is it the things of God? Are we going to give our all to the Lord? Because I'm giving my all to Him. I'm giving everything I have to Him. And it may not be easy and it may be against what my flesh wants to do, but I'm going to surrender to Him. Because he's, he's created me and He'll take care of me. Amen. Would you come, just praise Him. Love Him. Commit your heart to Him. Jesus, in your name.